Hello, everyone, and welcome to Breakthroughs with Brie. On this podcast, we are discussing all of the topics that help us have breakthroughs on our personal and spiritual development journeys. My name is Brie, otherwise known as Healing with Brie, and I'm a channeler, energy healer, tarot reader, astrologer, and soul alignment coach. My mission and my work and in this podcast is to help teach people how to shift their consciousness, how to heal, and how to release beliefs and patterns and fears of their ego mind so that they can step into alignment with their soul to live lives of abundance, purpose, and bliss. In these episodes, I will be sharing either through my own lens and my own channel or through the experiences of my guest, wisdom and expertise about healing, spirituality, psychology, personal growth, holistic wellness, mysticism, consciousness, and so much more. My hope is that these conversations help you feel seen and provide support and inspiration for you with your own personal breakthroughs. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Breakthroughs with Brie. On today's episode, I am so freaking excited for you to hear this interview that I do with the author of one of my favorite books that I read in 2023 about money. Money is a huge topic. It's such an important one for us to acknowledge and work through, even if we're committed to our spiritual kind of work, Um, because what we end up talking about in this conversation is how this topic really leads us deeper into our own self-work. It leads us deeper into our own spiritual work in a really, really beautiful way. Um, She is the author of Love Money, Money Loves You. Uh, And she didn't mention this at the end of the episode, so I'm going to mention this now, and I'm going to put the link of this in the show notes. She has um, a website where she has the ebook of this available. And when you go to this website, you can get the first four chapters for free online. And there's this really beautiful video about the book. You can test it out there. You can go see um, more about it from that ebook link. Before we get into the episode, I just have a few updates for you. My first group coaching container is going to be available. There's going to be a link in this um, podcast episode that will take you to my link tree that will have the updated link, whether it's getting on the wait list or signing up for the program. The program is Flowmaster. In this program, we're going to be learning how to step into our sense of flow in our life, how to be in a deep state of peace and safety that allows us to navigate all of the things that comes up into our life with grace, with flow, and ultimately being able to follow our intuition and our sense of love and our sense of presence to create the life that we want. Um, Some examples uh, of how it might manifest in your life if you're struggling with flow is that you probably identify with maybe high performer energy, with hustler energy, with perfectionist energy, uh, maybe feeling a little bit tense, like you have to do it all. You struggle asking for help. Maybe you even struggle articulating what you need or getting support (laughs) with other people. Um, You probably feel a state of stress or fear about what happens if you don't do the thing that you're telling yourself you have to do. You're probably having a hard time resting, right? You might be a little snappy with loved ones. You might not really be as present in certain activities or relationships as you would like to. These are all symptoms of if we're really being driven by that urgency energy, that tension, that fear, right? In this program, I'm going to walk you through my formula for flow, because yes, there is a formula. There are different components that you look at and you see, okay, am I good on all of these? Am I feeling like a 10 out of 10 on all of these? If you do, then you're in flow. You're in the energy to be in flow. But if you're not, 
you are going to be able to look at this formula and say, ah, that's the part where I'm feeling a little resistance on. And you're going to get tools in this group program to be able to like realign, to reacclimate to the energy of all of the parts of this formula. In addition to that, my biggest thing that I work with my coaching clients on, which is integrating their shadow and realigning their beliefs to the truth of their soul, that process, it's actually a process, like a step-by-step -step process. I'm going to be teaching you in this program that you can apply for literally anything, whether it's fear related to you trusting the universe and coming into flow, which really helps you magnetize the things that you're wanting to manifest more, whether it's that or if it's a different part of your life. So that sort of shadow work, integration, belief shifting process that I use that has created crazy changes and shifts and healing for my clients. I'm teaching you how to do in this program. Six weeks, you get to meet other souls and people who are doing this work. Gosh, I love meeting more people and getting connected with them through that. And I know this container is going to be a powerful way for you to meet more of your soul family. All of that to say, if that's something that would be interesting to you, please sign up for the wait list because it's going to be a limited group of people. And I'm doing it for a really, really great price because I'm I'm sort of playing around piloting this one through. Uh, and I would really love to have you join me. Uh, regardless of that, join the email list to hear about any other offerings and things that come up because it feels like this year is going to be the year of a lot of really cool things being channeled through, including podcasts like this about money, maybe some more specific resources that are going to help us with our journey with money. Who knows? Um, but I'm so excited to be connected with you here and for all of the ways that we will be connected uh, moving forward in the future, whether it's a group program or any other thing that it might be like. And with that, enjoy this interview with Sarah McCrum about love money. Money loves you. All right, everybody, we have a guest today that I feel so honored to have on and that I'm so excited to have join us. She is an educator. She has a history being a business coach, radio producer, and reporter, an energy master, a business owner and innovator, being the founder of the Energy Bank, as well as Liberate Humanity and co-originator of Love Too. And she is an author, which is a big part of her being here today, of two books, one being Energy on Demand, Master Your Personal Energy and Never Burn Out. And the book that I'm really excited to talk to her about today that's made a huge impact on my journey with money called Love Money, Money Loves You, which is a book that provides precise instructions on healing your relationship with money and how to generate money on the principles of love, abundance, generosity, and nature. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah McCrum. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Well, as you can tell, we're so happy to have you. Um, to start off every podcast, my my audience really likes to get to know the guest with some fun personal development types of tools, which I'm pretty sure I mentioned to you ahead of time. Um, so I like to do kind of like a rapid fire on just the basics. So we'll start with your pronouns and where you're located in the world. I am located in Queensland, Australia, on the Sunshine Coast, and uh, my pronouns are she, 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 her. Love it. Some of the other fun things. Do you by chance know perhaps your human design profile or your astrology, maybe your big three? Um, I have done my human design, and it's funny, I was reading it recently so I know a lot of information that's in it but I don't know how I would describe that in terms of a profile I was just given lots and lots and lots of patterns gotcha. I know that I'm a hard-working person 
<laughs> I know they have a very rare combination. Apparently, this was the person that only just learned how to do it, but he was very thorough. He said it was very rare because I was an alchemist and very creative and very entrepreneurial. Um, that was news to me in a way, although it makes sense if I look back on things now. Um, so I know that about myself. About astrology, I only know that I'm Aquarius. I don't know the other parts. Um, so I'm not, I, I know that I'm a dog. I'm an earth dog in the Chinese system. I don't think you mentioned the Chinese system, but some people will connect with that. Um, yes. I've done a lot more work in the Chinese Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And then some of the other fun ones that some people might know is maybe about their numerology or if they've ever done like a Myers-Briggs or an Enneagram or anything like that. Um, I've done lots of numerology, but all the systems are different. So I don't think um, it's very helpful. Um, I it, So I worked with the Enneagram, especially what I find interesting about the Enneagram is around our reactive behavior how we react when we're under stress or um and for that I'm a seven mm. and my, I'm a special kind of seven in my view I mean of course I think we always think we're special but I, <laughs> I'm not somebody who's done the kind of drinking and indulging myself and partying type of seven I've tended to probably use spirituality that way as my escape mm. rather than the more traditional um types of addictions I would say but I'm very very definitely recognize myself as a seven. Mm, I love that. I wonder too, if you would have any Pisces in your um, astrology, like natal chart. Um, I'm a Pisces moon myself and, and that like kind of like escapism, but specifically with spirituality can kind of be the mode of a Pisces placement, um, depending on like where that is or where that might color. So that'd be very interesting to see maybe at some point. Um, but thank you for sharing those things. It's very fun to hear that. And the Aquarius I love. I love an Aquarius. My husband's like a double Aquarius and that energy makes sense. Even having like read your book and reading a little bit about you on your site. Um, so thank you for sharing all of those things. I, I think the Aquarius piece, it always seems that people say, oh yes, of course, when I say that I'm Aquarius. So <laughs> yeah, Aquarius... as I said, I'm more deeply, deeply into Chinese systems. Um, I'm a yang fire. That's a useful thing to know. Like I'm, my energy is like the sun energy most energies in the Chinese system are down on the earth that, you know, like, like wood and fire and earth and things, but the yang fire is like the sun, which I think in one way makes me a bit disconnected because the sun just shines. It doesn't really care what's going on down here. Um, but it also gives a certain kind of profile and patterns that I recognize very much in my life. Mm, I love that. And what is the specific Chinese system? Like what, it, what would like the name of that be if somebody wanted to like look into it? Because, you know, I'm definitely going to be looking into it after this because <laughs> that sounds fascinating. <laughs> it's called Badza, B-A is the first word and Z-I is the second word. And there are actually books that teach you. There's a guy called Joey Yap who runs something called the Mastery Academy in Malaysia. Mm -hmm. And he teaches Badza very systematically and he's written lots of books that teach all of it. Um, but it's, it is a powerful system because it enables you to manage the timing of things. You can see when you're likely to get sick and when you're likely to um, relationship breakups and, and good times as well. And it, they're very good at helping to mitigate those. I think the Chinese do that stuff extremely well. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that a lot. I love learning more about Eastern culture and history and systems and just like all of the innate wisdom that it has for us, not only to understand ourselves and kind of how we fit into this, 
bigger picture of the earth, but also to create balance in our own experience, which is really health and all of those kinds of things. So thank you so much for sharing about that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, this leads perfectly into, I, I have so many fun questions and things for us to talk about um, with your book, but before we get there, I would love for you to tell the audience a little bit about your story and your background coming up to the point where you wrote the book. And again, I, I watched a little bit, um, one of the videos you have on your website, talking a little bit about your story. I think maybe even after you wrote the book, really learning to integrate its wisdom. Um, so I would love for you to share a little bit about that story and whatever you feel to called to today. Well, I start by saying what's very obvious, probably from my accent that I grew up, I'm British and I grew up in England. And so there's a certain kind of profile that tends to go with that middle-class English, which is breaking down these days, but um, probably didn't naturally lead me into the life that I'm living, but that's how it goes, isn't it? That you change direction somehow. And in another way, perhaps it was the perfect way to get started. I really got interested in a different way of approaching life um, because my sister died when I was 30 and she died of a brain tumor and it made me realize that I had no clue what life was and all my all the things that I thought I could rely on had somehow got kind of broken in in that happening and so I started exploring different things and that's when I came across the Chinese understanding I met a Chinese master I'd done some acupuncture which kind of got me a little bit into energy and gave me very very good results actually really remarkable fast change and then I started training in Qigong which I did for seven years with a, a Chinese master in London and got me deeply into the Chinese philosophy this ancient wisdom about health, not sickness, about everything aligned with nature, and this just deep understanding of the flow and the balance of life, the yin and yang, and all of that. So that was really beautiful. And then I went on to another Chinese master um, that was very dynamic, much more human. You know, she challenged our egos. She It was all about life. How do you really live with this understanding of energy? How do you make that work in business and in in really gritty health situations and when your relationship's falling apart, things like that. How does energy and the knowledge of energy work and how can you use it to solve problems? So that's really, I had 22 years of training and practice with Chinese masters. And it was towards the end of that, around probably in, in year 20, I think, that um, I was experiencing a very, very rough time financially with a business failure and everybody very unhappy with me. And I was given a little book, which was called How to Become a Money Magnet. And it had exercises at the end of the chapters. And one of them said, what would money like to say to you? And so I just was journaling and my pen started writing a message to me. And it turned out to be a message from money. It was what money wanted to say to me. And it started by saying, I would like to tell you to love me. So it was quite the opposite of what a young British girl learns about money, which is don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. and don't don't want it because if you have too much of it or you do business or something like that that's very vulgar so um that was my <laughs> that was my education I ended up writing lots and lots of messages from money about money what is it really and those are the messages that are published in my book love money money loves you which is the book that you've read and then really since then that was 2010 and 11 
um, has been the journey of actually learning how to do it, how to transform from the old way of viewing money, which is about scarcity and control and um, really using people, actually. How do we shift that, not only for me personally, but also at a society level and at an economic level into a way of being with money that is respectful of people and nature, that is focused on increasing well-being and wealth amongst the whole population and, and on across the whole planet. So the well-being of nature and our environment. How do we kind of tip our economic and financial systems at a personal and at a public level into the clearly the right direction? It's so obvious that if we would primarily invest in well-being and in the goodness of life, we would live a much better life on this planet. So that's really what my work is about now. Mm. Oh, that is so beautifully said. There's so much in there that is so juicy. And I just want to say too, it makes total sense to me that I was drawn to your work. Um, I do energy work with people. I'm, you know, energy healing to Reiki. Um, and I also do sort of like spiritual coaching with people. And one of the biggest things that I'm helping people work through is kind of releasing some of the scarcity and control of like the ego mind's way of moving through the world so that we can really align to our soul and our intuition and that other part of us that that actually experiences life in a very different way that opens us up to the experiences that we're wanting to have. So I can hear a lot of alignment between like your experiences and, you know, your perspective writing this book. That was really what I was asking for, because when um, I came upon your book, I was literally saying out loud to my guides, like, I want to understand the energy of money. It's not just, I don't want another book from another like financial dude, you know, in you know, the financial industry here in America, that's telling me how to budget and how to invest. And like, I, that's not what I want, <laughs> you know, like I get the practical I do, but I need to take a break from that for a second to understand the energy of it, because I feel like that's what is going to help me shift the most. And then the practical is going to come as a natural extension of that. The tactical will come after that, you know, and that's when I found your book. Um, I, I literally, I think I um, listened to a sample of it and it was the first part of your book. That is like one of the, the big messages that you channeled through from money. And I was like, yep, this is it. This is it. And so <laughs> I spent the subsequent months just like, like I couldn't get enough. It was meeting me exactly at the right time. I was experiencing a lot of shifts in my own consciousness that I feel like the book really contributed to. Um, so it just was, it's, it's been like a very moving experience. So first I want to thank you for letting yourself be like a vessel for these messages and following that instinct to put the book out in the first place. Yeah, well, you're a perfect example of why it's worth doing, because that's exactly the point There comes a point in life where you really want to understand what this thing is that causes so much pain and mm -hmm. struggle for people. Um, even very wealthy people are often in pain around money. And so when we get to that point where it's like, I've got to understand this better, I've got to have a foundation around money that actually makes it work for me. Otherwise, otherwise we want it. And yet we fight it. And that's it's just such an uncomfortable place to be. So, yeah, it's it's those kinds of stories that actually make it really worthwhile. Yeah, 
hundred percent. And then one more question before we take a quick break and come back and talk into the specifics of the book. Another thing that I do is I do channeling work. I do channeling work specifically with the Akashic Records and some other stuff. And so I was also really curious about this aspect of channeling the energy of money, which which is like in the work that I do now is so normal to me. But like five years ago, before I got into any of this, I would have been like, what the heck? Like, what does that even mean? Previously, how do you had experience channeling any other kinds of like energies or things like that? Or when you say that you started to channel money, was this like really one of your first experiences bringing through messages from a specific energy before? Probably a couple of years ago, I started to experiment a little bit. I remember one day sitting down with my husband and just saying, let's see if we can, I can't remember what it was now, maybe just get a message from something. And Mm -hmm. And we tried, we tried, or I tried, it was me who did it and, and it worked. And then a couple of days ago, I said, okay, let's experiment a bit more. And I remember that I kind of asked a question to Jesus and Buddha and Guan Yin, who's um, uh, Guan Yin, she's a Chinese, you know, kind of whatever. And um, they all came through different and it's like, oh, that's interesting. And then I didn't really do um, much with that my husband wasn't really interested it was somehow it was a bit boring for him at the time he's much more interested now so I, I dropped it and then when when we were struggling with the business my business partner and I used to at 10 o'clock every night I don't know how we started this but at 10 o'clock she would come into my room We'd, we we were working really hard at that time and she would ask questions and I would connect with angels and answer the questions and then she would write the answers down and we very very nearly saved our business doing that Mm. um so that that was I'd never written anything I'd never had it it came to me completely as a surprise with money but if I look back the you know there was something beginning to happen there yeah that was kind of like setting you up teeing you up to like have just enough practice or experience with it for when this kind of like big energy that really wanted to move through you was able to um in the form of these messages and and ultimately the book it sounds like yeah, because it came through very, very clean. There are no mistakes. I wrote it all by hand, the whole thing. There are no mistakes, no crossings out anywhere. And so I think the fact that the the channel was clear enough for me to be able to do that. And also the language came through very simple. I'm personally very grateful for because some channels writings are very complicated. So I was really grateful that it came through this like clear, clean simplicity that anybody can relate to. Absolutely. And I just think it's really nice for people to hear this too. A lot of people who listen to this podcast identify with having some sort of like intuitive ability or sort of spiritual inclination, right? Um, And I really, really like stressing to people that those of us who maybe have had experiences channeling things like there's no pedestal, you know, like it can come in as quick and as like out of nowhere as it would seem. And when it wants to move through you, it'll move through you. And it can be as simple as just having fun with the friends you know, asking for an energy's guidance and, you know, seeing what comes through, like, it can really be that simple. And that can really be where things like that start. Um, And it doesn't have to be this like complex or arduous kind of process to be able to connect to energy that really wants to support you and bring through very, like profound guidance, you know? Yeah, I think it's also really important to say that even after all that experience, sometimes I'm looking for answers, I'm looking to solve a problem or, you know, just the normal things we do in life and in business. And I can struggle also with distraction and thoughts that are taking me all over the place. 
um, to actually sometimes to really find the quality of information that I'm looking for at a subtle level. It takes a, a, an inner discipline because the mind is still there. It can still go around doing all its things. So I think often if you're, if you're not very experienced, you can beat yourself up for feeling distracted or not being very good at it. I often feel not very good at it. I just know that if I need something, I'm gonna stay there until I find it. You know, I just have, I've learned through experience that sometimes it takes me an hour before I'm really, really relaxed enough to get, to, to, to find what I'm looking for because I work with energy a lot for solving problems. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to understand that. Mm, I could not have said that better myself. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back in and we're gonna talk about your wonderful book, Love Money, Money Loves You. It is time everybody to talk about this wonderful book that changed everything for me about money. And I would like to say too that Money was a wonderful mirror, an avenue for me to also understand my connection with my own power, my own ability as like a creator in my own life. And what I really think that this book is about is about a way of life and a way of really being in this experience, right? So yes, it is about money. You're going to get lots of practical, tangible you know, things about money that are going to create change in your life. But what I found so moving about this was all of the other things that it revealed to me and that it helped shift in my life. I wonder, Sarah, if you had a similar experience writing the book and then kind of like living it out afterwards. Yes, uh, I think I can say that I was really surprised that going into my own relationship with money and you know as that's evolved over time realizing it makes sense to me why, why people in business are always looking for joy and enjoyment because actually opening up my relationship with money brought me in touch with joy which was mm. quite unexpected we never associate that with money really um so uh, the other thing is i've heard so many people say about both the book and also the courses I run around money. It's not just about money, is it, Sarah? It's really about life. The way I see it is that money in our life is almost like the representative of material. It's the most material end of materialism, if you like, is, is just money, although it's completely intangible. And if we have a relationship with money that works for us, is aligned with our values and enables us to do things that we really care about and make a contribution to the world and be creative and all of those things, we actually are sorting out pretty much everything because money connects us with relationships. It connects us with our own contribution and our purpose. We have to be healthy to be able to make money pretty much. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot easier. So it brings everything in um, almost by definition. And if you make money, for example, and then you're ignoring your relationships or your children, the pain of that is so great that again, it brings you back into alignment with yourself so I think that's been one of the most important things um, for me not only for me but also for other people is that it's constantly constantly brought me back to my deeper values because in a way money is about what do you value yes yes that was one of the biggest points that changed things for me that I have on here to talk about I just want to come back to what you said about that that money 
is the road into sort of like a deeper self-actualization in a human way, right? I think in this industry that I, that I might identify as being a part of and, you know, some of the spiritual and personal development and all that kind of stuff, right? I think sometimes it can get a little bit bypassy, right? Like it can be very like up here and, and you know, and I... <laughs> kind of giggle at that because the whole, to me, it feels very obvious to me that the point is integrating that, right? That's embodying that is having the human experience that's led from that. And that makes perfect sense in what you've said that money is sort of an energetic representation of the physical meeting, the spiritual in the same way that we in our own body and our own experience are. So it's again, feels like it's this, this road, this mirror, this activation point, whatever you want to call it, to be able to really understand that. And I heard, um, I was listening on a podcast, somebody said something that really moved me, was that they were very grateful for the struggles that they had with money and their struggles with their money mentality, because it was through that experience that they were able to more deeply understand what true abundance is, what true joy is, what true peace and safety is. Right. And they would have never, they would have never been forced to, they would have never had like the way to be able to understand that more deeply if it hadn't been for that initial struggle with money, that initial pain with money. So I guess I just want to share that. And I really resonate with that, that I don't, that I've released judging myself for having a hard time with money. You know, I've released resentment for the part of my life where I've struggled with money or like resisting moments like that, because I I can really see that that is guiding me into a deeper lesson about myself and about life. Do you know what I mean? Well, you know, what I've, what I've seen after however many 25 years of coaching people is that whenever we're evolving, there's always some kind of struggle or pain going on at the same time, which at one level we can say is the releasing of the old. It's There's resistance because we're changing. There are different ways of um, interpreting that. But usually life hurts in one of three areas. It either hurts in your health or it hurts in a relationship or several relationships or it hurts in your money. The Chinese were spot on about that. It's like health relationships, money, that's pretty much it. The rest that is an extension of that mm-hmm. um, and, and what I've found is that whenever I'm hurting around money and I make decisions sometimes still that are not the wisest decisions and I get pushed to pressure points around money one of the things I'm always really grateful that that's it's not my health I'm, I feel very lucky because I, I'd rather deal with money but whichever whatever it is that is for you it always always is the thing that kind of pulls me into evolution it pulls me into the upgrade of myself and when things are hurting it's like it keeps they say keep your keep keep your feet to the fire or whatever it kind of like holds me to find what's true to me because if I don't find what's true to me it hurts more and more and more and um so I'm actually also very grateful for the learning experiences that I've had with money, which have been many, um, because without question, they have made me a better person, a person who's happier with myself and also more capable and more effective. Mm, I love that. Money and my struggles with money helped me be a better person, my relationship with money. uh, And we don't hear that a lot. And one of the things you talked about in your book is, you know, some of the 
beliefs that we might have about money, some of our trauma that we might have about money that we do really need to observe and start to shift if we want to start being in flow with money and magnetic about it. One of the biggest ones um, that I felt a little bit of resistance on initially was this idea that money is in fact unlimited because it's exactly opposing a scarcity mindset, which is what we are taught to believe and what our culture reinforces left and right, right? That there's a limited amount of money and for you to have some means somebody else has less and you got to fight and you got to compete and you got to work the system and blah, 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 exhausting, painful, you know, all of the energies that kind of feel like they're around that. And in your book, um, I actually have a part of it, um, a part of it bookmarked here that I'm going to read if that's okay. Um, when you stop feeling money is limited and you have enough for everybody and everybody is creating wealth and abundance, you will not need strict money anymore, but you will still engage material at many levels. For now, you only need to know that you that we are unlimited. And by we, it's speaking from the point of view of money. We are flowing around you all the times. We are your system of exchange and transaction that holds your societies together. Um, I It was big it was really big to start to shift this idea. And it was a little bit challenging. I want to ask you, was that also something challenging for you to, to like reorient around? And what was that like for you? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely challenging. And I think that it can continue to be challenging at different levels. You know, I now need to deal with a different level of money and it can be challenging again because pretty much everybody believes in that. I think one of the things that helped me a lot, like well, if we think of money as being limited, on one level, it's just something we've been taught. You know, some guy went out and looked at all the resources in the world and said they're worth this much and blah, blah, blah. And it's the history stuff, which is not that long ago, um, but created this sense of scarcity. Um, one of the, th the things that helped me was to recognize, well, there's a couple of pieces in here. First thing is if you only look at the money, if I give you some money, let's say I give you $100, you've got $100 more and I've got $100 less. And that might, you know, I might just give it to you as a gift. And probably I do that. It's given me a bit of pleasure. So that's fine. Um, but usually when we use money for exchange, if, if I give you $100, the likelihood is you've given me something. So let's say you give me a private session or something. You give me something of value to myself. So that money is really what I'm doing is giving you some freedom rather than saying you can, if you're going to give me a coaching session or something, the only thing you can get from me is a coaching session from me because I'm also a coach. And you might say, but I don't want that, Sarah. So I, I'm going to give you a hundred dollars instead. You can go and do whatever you like with it. You can buy a coaching session with somebody else. You can go to the shops and spend it on gin. Like you can literally do whatever you want. So I'm giving you a piece of freedom when I give you some money, but it is, I've given you something and you've given me something. It's not that I lost some money and you gained it. Actually, it's that we've given things that we consider to be of compatible value. Usually the thing that is not money is a bit more valuable than the money itself. That seems to be the way that it works best. And that you start to see there is no limit to how much we can contribute to each other. And therefore, when we contribute more, there's more flow of money. The other thing that really helped me was recognizing that if I spend $100 on you, you are now able to spend $100. So let's say you go down to the grocery store and you buy some food. You've now got food. I've got whatever I got from you. So I got my coaching session. You got some food. 
the grocery store person now has some money. Maybe they go and buy school uniforms for their children or something. So they, they've got something that money's passed on to somebody else, the school uniform seller, who can now buy some crayons and whatever for his kids or her kids and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So when we keep, it's called velocity in economic terms, but I think it's important to have the picture. But every time we pass money on, somebody else is able to buy that much value. So that if we looked at it in old fashioned terms as a $100 note, that $100 note is now already from this little story worth $500. It's provided $500 worth of value. Mm-hmm. So we think there's just $100 there, but there isn't. There's circulation and flow of human energy and resources, Earth's resources, to create new experiences for people that are valuable to them. There is no limit to how much of that we can do. Mm, I love that. And reading about that created so much ease and peace, like in my own heart. You know, I feel like there's that part of us that really does want to be ethical and moral and thinking about money. And we've been taught a lot of things that makes us think that they might be opposing, right? But to be able to switch the way that we're thinking about money to realize that it's just a system of exchange and that there's so much beauty that we can exchange. And that when we're doing something like budgeting and we're, you know, being more precise with exactly what we're exchanging, right? What money we're using to exchange for something else. We realize how much we really have and how, how much of a service we're doing to the world to continue to allow money to flow through us to other people and to support them in all, and all of the things that they might do. And I loved that concept of, of velocity and how it's sort of like exponentially, you know, <laughs> it exponentially grows from that one point of exchange. Um, And I think that that was something really, really important for me to read and understand, like right at the beginning of this book, I was like, whoa, I got to sit with that for a minute. I do some EFT tapping on that sometimes, because that was a thing that was like really rooted deep and can pull me right back into a lot of fear energy um, about money. Um, Another thing that really shifted a lot was you talking about the importance of being connected to your dreams and desires and how that is like a big secret to receiving more money about the importance that it plays to acknowledge that natural human part of us that wants things and that is always expanding and will always want something more and how that in fact is the energy that helps us unlock and receive more money. Um, do you find that people get a little bit tripped up on this, even though, you know, it could sound like, oh yeah, humans are always wanting stuff, but maybe we're not doing that as deeply or as aligned as we could. And maybe that that's a place where we're kind of, we're, we're distorting our kind of own energy to be able to receive money. Yes. uh, It's actually quite challenging. The book shows how simple it is, but Mm -hmm. in our rather complicated society, it doesn't always feel simple. I think for many people, especially for many women, it's actually really hard to actually know what they want. And I know that that's how I was before. And I still sometimes have to really pull myself in and say, Sarah, be clear what you want. Don't be vague. Because a lot of people will say to me things like, oh, I want some more money. It's like, if you imagine yourself receiving that as an instruction, I think of the energy of money as being really like a collection of beings that have instructions to help us with this stuff. And that, you know, they get this little call saying, hey, 
Sarah wants some more money. They said the first question was like, well, how much does she want? What are we supposed to do here? Does she, you know, like there's no, when we have these very vague, oh, I just want some more money. Oh, I wish I had some more money. The instructions that we're putting out at an energy level that are incredibly vague. So I've had to tap much deeper into really what my soul wants to experience here. My soul probably doesn't care terribly much about whether it's $100 here or $100 there, but it loves to experience abundance and it loves to experience enjoyment and flow and contribution and all kinds of challenges. And so money becomes a part of all of those. So I think that's a really important thing. And I think the other thing that is very challenging around this manifestation really is that it's actually very simple, but we've been taught to go into our heads. We've been taught to make it complicated. So often somebody will say something like, well, you know, I really want to earn a million dollars a year. And there's no connection with it whatsoever. They don't have any feeling about their business being capable of doing that. They don't know what it means. Even if they might want it. it, it's almost a meaningless thing. You know, you can look at your accounts on one day and said, oh yeah, we made a million dollars last year, but the next day you've made another lot. And then the next day, maybe you make a bit less. So we create these very static, heady pictures around money, but money is actually really an affair of the heart and the soul. Um, and so we need to be in touch with our soul's desires, our, our, our desire for life. Um, it's not, look, one of the things I want to say here also, because people then say, oh, follow your passion and the money will follow. And we know, you probably know plenty of people who've tried that and then they're confused because the money didn't follow the passion. So I feel that, the, and I think the book is pointing an evolution that's taking place. I think that what's happening in the world, and I see that and I'm a part of it as well, is that we are now aligning our values much more deeply with what we care about. It is the time to do that. And money is starting to follow that. And in the future, it's going to get harder to earn money doing things that are destructive. And it's going to get easier to earn money doing things that are good for life. We're in that transition now. We haven't made it yet. So just following your passion isn't a recipe for getting rich. You still have to learn how to do business, how to meet the, the desires of the market. You have to do all that stuff that you often don't really want to do if you want to be successful financially as well as successful in your heart. Mm -hmm. But I do see that this shift is underway. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love, uh, I love everything that you said about that. I have found with my clients that, you know, maybe initially they might say some of these kind of disconnected wishes, like, like you said, right. Of like, Oh, I just want to make this much a month or have enough for this or, you know, that kind of stuff. And then when you really ask, but well, like, what is it that you really want? That's like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't really know what I want. Right. And so I thought that it was beautiful how this book, yes, did make it very simple and also created sort of a process to start thinking about what is it specifically that you want? I think there's a lot of power and getting really specific because that is when you're really clear. And again, when you're kind of forced to see why is this so important to me, which then comes into this conversation about value, which again was one of the biggest shifts that I had in this book from so many different angles too. Like the concept of value was talked about like from this side. And then we came around and looked at it from this side. And then we talked and it was just, it was fabulous. It was so wonderful. 
Um, one of the things I enjoyed most about this book was it, it really explaining the system of money, even at an energetic level. So the concept of like how requests go in, how the energy of money might meet requests, how that comes back and connects with like, what was the intention behind the request you had in the first place and the energy that you hold in the process of, you know, letting it manifest in your life, right? Like the whole system of it was fascinating to me and how like stopping thinking about money in an old way and in the sense of the exchange that we were talking about before, right? So the first introduction to value was like, okay, pay full value for things, but paying for full value one is not necessarily always in money. Money is not the only way that you pay for things, AKA it's not the only way that you exchange for things and acknowledging the value of something, not just the price is really helping you tap into the true energy of that exchange so that you're doing things in ways that are aligned and that help keep flowing. Right. So I'm learning this and I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. And it naturally led into this whole other conversation about, okay, are the things that you spent that you're spending money on, do you really value them? Do the things that you hold on to, that you own, do you really value them? Do you really use them? Like, and then what is it that you really value in your life? Like, what is important to you? Like, what lights you on fire? Like, what feels critical to you, right? Like, it led me on this whole, like, self-discovery journey to go even deeper in to get really, really clear about, okay, Brie, like what is really important to you and how are you being clear about how that connects to the things you're asking for and the material possessions that you own? Um, I'll pause there because there's a little bit more about that, but that was like a really, really big shift. I wonder, do you find that that is also something that you see kind of like lights up that light in people's eyes when they start to think about it in terms of value and not in terms of like a number and a price of money. But what I often see people really connecting with is that this question about value is about self-love. Yes. And so it comes back to our sense of self. And in the book, it also talks about your own sense of value and how that influences the decisions that you make. And I think it's worth drawing that out a little bit. So for example, if you really don't value yourself very much, you don't think you're worth anything, you see something beautiful that you'd love, but you say, no, people like me can't have that. I don't deserve it. And so that changes your experience. Somebody else values themselves a lot and they say, oh yes, I'd like to have that thing or whatever, I'd like that experience. And they, they give it to themselves. And so their life changes in that moment from the decision they made from their own sense of self-value so self-love becomes a really important central thing and still is something that i find i need to come back to almost every day because when you start to cultivate that love for yourself which is really love for life it's you know i'm a piece of life i'm just as valuable as any other piece of life just as lovable actually and then and then you start to tap in with your values and, and you described it beautifully so this this journey of like from from the small thing about well the price and the value do I really value this thing that I'm buying and then you start to look at all the things around you then you start to look at the decisions you make then you start to look at what you value in your work then you start to look at what would I really value in the world that isn't here right now? It becomes what is the change that I would love to see in the world that I can contribute to? So it, it goes all the way from buying something in the shop today to the core of your work and your contribution 
to life. It's the same process. And that's what's so beautiful in this message from money, because it's always that simple. Mm. It's totally intuitive. We're made for it. It's something we can do as human beings. It's not complicated. It's not a school exercise. But it's just allow your sense of value, what you really value to express itself more and more mm-hmm. in more of your life. And life kind of flows in with it, which is beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah, I channeled in a really big um, concept and message about self-worth about this time that I was reading this in this book. And I can entirely agree this concept of self-love and self-worth is so deeply connected to our relationship with value and money and all of these things. And another thing that I find a lot of my clients and people in this audience really seeking out is things about their purpose, right? Like what is my purpose in life? What's my calling in life? Right. And I thought that this book did such a wonderful job in outlining like an actual process you can use to start to answer that question for yourself. And the way that you outlined it in the book, it was, it was beautiful. It was this question of what change would you like to see in the world and some instructions about how to contemplate that and how to come up with an answer that really does feel like it's connected to your heart center. And the other piece of that to kind of to plug into that was also what do you enjoy, right? Like what brings you a sense of joy? I thought this was magnificent. Another layer that I took it into that, that felt like it was also very connected to some of that self-worth concepts that I had brought in was like, what do you believe is inherent about you that could be beneficial to other people in the world? right? When we think about value and exchange, like what is it that maybe I have mastered through my experiences that I got figured out, right? That somebody else is maybe trying to figure out and I can teach them. Or what are things that I have um, affinities for or talents for, right? That I can translate again into something that would be beneficial to other people, right? And the combination of that with, wait, like what do I just have fun doing? Like, what do I have pleasure doing? Like, that's my signal. That's my soul telling me, yes, do more of that. You know, like the combination of like, what is this, you know, magic recipe that makes up who I am with what would genuinely be life-giving to me, would bring me joy. And that is like such a simple and very clear (laughs) signal as to what your quote unquote purpose can be, which also what again you outlined so beautifully in this book is the recipe to figuring out sort of your formula for generating money that's very conscious and very abundant right because because really the where the money's going to come from is the value you're offering to the world whether it's through a product or service or whatever right and the exchange that you set for that right so if you go all the way back to the start of that equation you have to start with that question of like okay what is it that I have to offer? Like, what is it that is valuable about me? That's exactly right. And then once you have this relationship with money where you're not conflicted around it, you get to make the choices. So you can say, I want to share this. And you start off doing that. You can make a different choice. You can grow it. You can take it in a different direction. You can say, I want to make more money and doing what I'm doing at the moment doesn't really, is never going to make enough money because it's not that kind of industry. So what, what can I change? How can I do it differently? Or you start partnering with people. There are so many different things you can do, but that's ex- it's exactly what I've seen. I've seen it particularly strongly in my own life from 
you know, when I first started applying the book, I literally used it. I had no money. I'd moved to a new country. I didn't know a single person there and I needed to pay all my bills. I needed to pay my rent every week. And I used to ask money to help me because sometimes I couldn't see where it was going to come from. And, you know, that led over the years, that's 10, 10, 12 years, 12 years ago now. And now I'm, I'm the co-founder of a business that is looking at or is is in the process of, of, of we have a model that can change the way our economic system works we've developed a new model um, so I went from this person who literally didn't know how to pay my rent over time through all these little choices and lots of downs as well as ups you know it was lots of those struggles and you know being in a foreign country without enough money to pay for where I'm going to stay tonight and how do I resolve that how do I get the money always having to get the money when I needed it all these sort of situations that we have and it builds and builds and builds and if you can stay steady with it and handle the times when you feel very unsteady just learn all the stuff people like you share and, and many other of us share these days how to manage yourself when life feels like it's very shaky and challenging mm -hmm. and through that constant application of these very very simple life principles we learn how to create more of what we want and less of what we don't want to put it in very simple language Absolutely. And I, and I also want to say that it feels somehow more resonant to know that you have a story of also being in a place where like you didn't have anything, you know, where you were building yourself from the ground up, because I feel like a lot of the times we'll tell ourselves a story. Well, like, oh, that doesn't apply to me because my situation's harder or like, you know, that there's, that there's some reason why, you know, why our situation is uniquely difficult. And of course there, there is certain levels of truth to that, but I think what is so beautiful about this book and about what you wrote about and then put into practice is that you use these right? Like you went from a ground zero with I the to. simple. Mm -hmm. I had to, I had no choice. There was enough. I didn't know enough people to be able to make a call to somebody to say, you know, would you like to do a session with me? I, I had to rely on the book. It was, mm. it was, yeah, that was how I learned. That's, that was my starting point for learning. Cause you know, writing a book like that doesn't mean you can do it. I just wrote it. I channeled it really. It was not, there was not my knowledge in there at all. So I had to learn like anybody else. Mm, yes. And, and I just, I feel like that's, that's very hopeful too. You know, that's hopeful. I think the way that our human mind works is that we really like to see proof of something being possible. And even in the way that, you know, spirit and my guides have shown it to me is one of the ingredients to being able to manifest something is actually having conviction that it is possible and that we can get there. Right. And so I think that okay. it's really, it's, it's like very moving when we can see examples of people who started out in a place that we were in, maybe even objectively a little more difficult, right. And got to a place of type of success that we want. Um, one of the practices that you like really anchor into is the importance of being in joy energy, how joy is like this magnet 
for money, which you alluded to at the beginning about how money is really a road to understanding where we feel real joy in our lives. I would love for you to tell me a little bit more about how joy emerged as such a, a key player in this idea and this experience of trying to build a, a healthier, more prosperous relationship with money. It's really interesting because in the book, if, if you read it, you, you start to notice that money keeps going on about enjoyment. Mm -hmm. And there's one chapter where it says, I, I really don't get it why you find this enjoyment thing so difficult. It's like talking to us as human beings. Like it's, it's almost like, what's wrong with you? We just keep saying relax and enjoy. And you try to be really serious and make it hard. And I suspect that many of us can relate to that. <laughs> so <laughs> this, like my understanding now is that when we enjoy and I can even see it in your face. You're enjoying this conversation at the moment. And there's this sweetness, this is sweet energy that at, at an energetic level, we supply to the universe. And that actually makes us both open for receiving. And it also provides a kind of credit for us. It's like our contribution to life, not my contribution to you as a human being, but my contribution to life, your contribution to life is our energy. And that when we supply this kind of sweet energy, life seems to really like that, actually. It's fine if we're miserable and having an awful time. There's nothing wrong with that. But we all, we all know which energy we prefer to experience. And there's a reason for that. Like, life likes it, too. And so this supplying of sweet energy, it describes at the end of the book, it talks about the new currency. I've come to recognize that that really is a kind of currency. And it, it gives us more manifestation capacity mm -hmm. so it's an odd thing to explain in a way but it also makes sense because our soul and our inner systems and our subtle systems understand what i'm talking about so yeah enjoyment is really the key that unlocks the whole thing and of course when people are in stress about money, it's the one thing that seems almost immoral. Like the last thing I should do if I don't have enough money or I should be working twice as hard as I did already, but that hard work wasn't making you the money anyway, clearly. Um, it's, mm -hmm. that is the challenge is again, the simplicity, like enjoy, relax, enjoy. The, the very first step of that, it makes you more open and more receptive. And then little by little, what happens is you start to realize, ah, I can work in a way that actually gives me joy. And joy can comes from a very deep place inside us. The joy of creating something or of shaping your life in a way from your own deep soul desire, that's joy. Mm -hmm. And that comes interestingly, through opening up our relationship with money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me, like, when it's laid out, like reading through it and listening, I was also listening to it on on like an audiobook version too. And I was like, Oh, like, okay, like, yeah, this does make sense to me. And I related with that too. how initially, like the idea of like, just be joyful. You know, like when I'm like in my middle of being committed to being stressed out about money, like, what do you mean? What do you mean be joyful? That's the last thing I want to feel, you know? But I think that's part of the magic of it, you know, is because it, it, if you really want to commit to trying this type of practice and relationship to money, 
um, it really forces you to be in an energy that's kind of on the other side of the spectrum from the energy most of us sit in when we're ruminating about what we could do about money, right? And even just from like an energetic perspective and in, in the work that I do too, like joy, like you said, just opens us up in this really beautiful way to where things can start to drop in, right? Those little ideas of inspiration that can absolutely turn into, you know, streams of income or, you know, whatever it is. Like it just, it, it puts us in this really, really beautiful place. And I think too, that I, I think that we have a little bit of work to do as a society about building our capacity to feel pleasure and to really appreciate the beauty of things, which I think are feelings really connected to joy, right? And when we are doing those things, we're appreciating life. We're in a state of abundance, right? Like we're able to see how magnificent all of this stuff is around us, you know, and we can feel how good that is, even in like an embodied sense, like in our nervous system, in our body, right? And I think that those states are just so powerful and they're very aligned with what our soul came here to experience anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, that you, you, you're, you're right on. And I think one of the things that's really interesting is that actually, if you think about it, enjoyment is a very low risk strategy because honestly if you don't have enough money where did stress ever get you did it ever make you more money ever no for sure if you can if you can enjoy the worst thing that happens is that you're you've got you haven't got enough money and you're enjoying it i see that with many people they go through that stage i still don't have enough money but i'm happy and i feel relaxed and that opens the door to then, oh, now I'm seeing ways to make more money. So the worst case scenario is that you're a whole lot better than you were because you were short of money and stressed and miserable. Now you're short of money and enjoying. And then from there, you start to be able to actually solve the problem. So it's actually, I, I, I find that money is very generous in the book because it always gives us things that we can do. It never gives us tests. I'm really against the whole test theory of life that we're being tested. It never tests us. It just invites us gently into something that we can do. We're not going to lose anything. And I, I mean, I hear of more and more people all the time who say, somebody said to me the other day, oh, I gave my friend, my, your book to two of my friends who are really struggling with money and they're both making more money now. So I'm hearing it working in so many situations, miles and miles away from me and any influences, like the book contains the codes for that. It contains the message. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Okay, two other big things of the book to chat with you about um, for our conversation today. So one of them ties in beautifully to this. And you were talking about how we can be a little bit more aware of the fact that what money is giving us isn't always exactly the thing that we want. And I hear this a lot talking with people like that, like money is preventing them from having certain things that they want to have. Um, and that it's like, they need money to have X, Y, Z that you're, this book and a particular example in this book, like made it so obvious to me that my jaw dropped on the floor. And I was like, oh my gosh, of course you say that you want money for the houses or the material items or the experiences or whatever, but like, what is the point of you wanting those things? What you want is you want happiness. You want to feel satisfied. You want to feel enjoyment. Like that is the point of you wanting those things is for that internal sort of emotional experience. Right. And then in the next paragraph, it says, but remember the spoiled child 
who has more toys than they can even put their hands on, but does not know how to enjoy them. Or the teenager who has all the music and clothes, but does not know how to have fun, right? And I'm like, that's exactly it, right? Like part of what we're really wanting, and that is important to be honest with ourselves about, is that we want the experience. We want that internal experience. We want that emotional, you know, kind of feeling. And money can absolutely help us exchange for experiences that help us elicit some of those, right, that can be external representations of those states. But if we have not learned how to, like in our body, in our own nervous system, if we have not learned how to experience that energy and how to hold it, it doesn't matter what things money are going to help us transact for. Like we're never going to get, we're never going to, money's never going to give that to us. That's something we truly have to give to ourselves. And that was like a really big, like, whoo, like, <laughs> slap me across the face like you're right like I is what I'm wanting something that I need to learn how to give myself aka a practice of joy aka a commitment to having fun aka a commitment to finding peace and safety in any circumstance of my life like and is that really what it is and if so how can I start to give that to myself even independent of of money's involvement in it and and the really interesting thing about it is it then puts things the right the right way around because if you can experience that enjoyment or joy or peace or safety or whatever it is that you really want that opens you also to being receptive at a material level and you're far more likely then to attract or have the money to buy a house that gives you a sense of peace and safety and security or whatever it is so it works at the level of manifestation and creation um as well uh, it's, it's a very very fascinating thing you can go very deep with this the present moment is what's important so when you put yourself into a position of i don't have this now man one one day i will you're actually manifesting a constant state of i don't have this now but one day i will if you feel satisfied now fulfilled now happy now with what you've got you actually open yourself up to a life of more and more happiness with what you've got and your what you've got grows to match it so this is about getting life the right way around and understanding the power that we have as creative beings but that power only exists now we can never put that off until the future and so that enjoyment then becomes not just hey relax and enjoy because it's easier for us you know easier for money to deliver stuff to you but it actually becomes the root of creation and of manifestation and of all the the power that we have as human beings really and truly that we've never been properly educated in. So from this, again, from this simple, simple principle of enjoyment, we can get all the way down into the soul's desire for life. And how do we actually manifest the material circumstances that enable us to live a really rich life on the inside and on the outside? And, and that will be whatever that is for you. Your rich life is going to be quite different from mine. So we're not all going to go and want to live in palaces because most of us don't. Mm -hmm. We're not all going to be fighting for the same resources because we want different things, which is great. Mm -hmm. oh, and I think that that just brings it right back to what you said at the beginning, too, that money is a way 
to be able to learn how to live life more deeply, right? Like if money is teaching us how to be in joy, that's really what it's pointing us towards. And joy is the vehicle that we learn how to embody life energy and how it wants to move through us, right? Then this whole, this whole question of how do I get more money is really led us straight into like what our soul wanted us to know all along, you know, which I think is just, is just so beautiful. Um, and then the very last thing that I just wanted to mention, not that there's not a million other things that are very noteworthy in this book, but one of my favorites, and I'm so happy that the book left off on this, was the concept of the virtual bank account, sort of like the energetic bank account. I thought this was such a beautiful way to wrap up the book, and I want to wrap up the episode on the same one. So again, it pulled in the, the, the concept that what we're exchanging for is so much more than money right? And that if we were to imagine that we had this sort of like energetic bank account, right? And that's held by the universe, that's kind of in this universal bank account and our ability to pull down and withdraw from it is one thing and being able to contribute up into it and being kind of like mindful of the flow of that. Is that, are those numbers balanced or those amounts balanced, right? And then the level of detail and explaining how we can actually add up into this virtual bank account in many, many ways that actually don't seemingly have anything to do with money, right? And we can also withdraw from this account and things that don't have anything to do with money, right? Like we can withdraw from this virtual energetic account in the form of our health, we can withdraw from this account in the form of really beautiful relationships, or maybe it's opportunities, or maybe it's, you know, circumstances and experiences that find our way to us. Maybe it's in like really great weather for a week or something that we really wanted for Like there's so many different ways that we can withdraw from this bank account to create a richer quality of life, right? That don't have anything to do with the number of dollars that we have in our bank account, right? And then the flip side of that, that how we can contribute to that is not just in the amount of time I'm slaving away at my job, regardless of how much of an impact it makes on other people. But in fact, all of the times that I am in a life-giving energy, I'm contributing to this account. All of the times when I am genuinely in a state of joy, when I'm genuinely in a state of gratitude, when I'm appreciating something beautiful or a person in my life, or when I'm doing something with love, right? Or like any of those things, all of those moments are adding up to that account. Like that account's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, not just for me, but for the world you know, and the thought of that brought me so much joy and even deeper peace. I was like, oh, yes, this is what makes sense. My soul said, yes, Brie, that's the truth, you know, and one of the ways I can draw down is with money, but my quality of life is really the abundance that I, that I want to experience. It's, it's the whole picture, right? And my ability to widen my scope, to be able to see that I am, I am withdrawing from this account to experience abundance in so many parts of my life that are important to me, that align with my values, because I just did this whole exercise on what's most important to me, you know, and that like, and that I'm contributing even in times when I'm resting and I'm honoring my body and I'm acknowledging that my body just wants a minute to like sit down and it, like all of that is contributing that changed everything. That was, again, that was like at the end of this book of crazy, 
um, of crazy breakthroughs, right? That was like the final cherry on top that I was like, oh, yes, I can do this. I can do this day to day. I can think about this. And this is something that makes total sense to me. Uh, tell me how that looks even for you, like in your day to day, because I'm sure that that's something that, you know, after writing that in these years, practicing it, that I'm sure you think about quite often. It's very interesting that it's actually come into my mind very strongly the last few days and I made a new level of connection with it. Again, this I, I mentioned a little earlier about providing sweet energy. We've talked about enjoyment and I'm dealing with some fairly tricky problems in business at the moment, which is a you know, pretty normal thing to have to do. And I, I, it's just like, oh my goodness, the new currency is that sweet energy. It's like that is the key to all of this just keep building this currency because you can then draw down whatever currency you want i can draw down in cash i can draw down in relationships i can draw down in i have four currencies that i work with time so money relationships time and wisdom and so i can access then i can I, I just keep building it and look when when you have quite big problems to solve it, it's always very attractive to get sucked into the drama so it's a genuine discipline the times when we can make the most difference are the times when it's the hardest mm -hmm. and so sometimes this last few days I've literally found myself wanting to get annoyed or angry or, or whatever get emotional about something that's going on because you know I don't think it should be like that I'm <laughs> saying okay no I'm gonna sing instead and I just start singing my husband looks up he can see me singing and he knows that I'm dealing with something <laughs> so that I don't get caught into all the the thoughts that can get fired sometimes and so for me that's it again it's it, it's just like an even deeper way of saying the same thing and it, it just shows it very graphically and then of course we need to know how to draw down so we need to know how to ask for what we want in a way that can be received by the subtle energy systems that actually deliver all of that so it becomes very simple learn how to ask for what you want and relax and I say relax enjoy love that is the formula yeah all the way from simple manifestation down to deep creation really I love it and, and I, again I just I feel like it invited me to be in every moment, which is all we really have in the now, in a way that helped me see the value of my own state of being, right? Like the the way that you explained that that virtual account system made me really realize to even to a greater extent that when in this moment, I choose surrender and I choose love and I choose joy that not only does it create an experience that is much more enjoyable for me <laughs> but it is contributing to like this greater system and also adding to my own account and it helps me value all the places where I am pulling down you know this balance that I have in a way that I am deeply enjoying that I'm deeply grateful for and that also can make an impact to other people that might not necessarily just be cash and it, again it just it, it brought a whole nother level of like beauty and mindfulness and like a deeper appreciation for things to be able to like look at it with that type of system yeah I mean it's really interesting for me to listen to you because you have so um grasped what the book is talking about it's really beautiful to hear somebody who's engaged with it so directly and so much grasped the essence of it so yeah it's you're a very good example I would say 
Oh, <laughs> that means so much. Thank you. And I'm feeling like just to close us out on this, um, what I'm feeling called to say is to speak to the moment of struggle and the moment of difficulty that we've mentioned a couple different times in this. Um, again, like I said at the beginning of this, I am not in camp bypass anything. In fact, I think our struggle is one of our greatest gifts to come deeper into the things we want to be in. Right. And I hear you saying that too, even with, you know, whatever difficulties or, you know, tricky things are happening. I feel like those are opportunities for us to get the things that we want because they are the way in which we learn the things we need to learn and that we can deepen into our understanding and our feeling and our conviction of those energies. I've talked about this in some other podcast episodes. Sometimes it's experiencing the opposite of it that really shows us and that we can see the truth of what you know, the other side of that spectrum is, I just think that's, that's kind of like the human, the human thing, you know, the polarity and like of the, of all of that. So I just want to say for anybody listening, if you are finding yourself in struggle or in stress or, you know, really down about the situation, um, I feel like there are ways to honor that. I feel like there are ways to be present with that energy and still choose sweetness and to still choose life-giving things, you know, like to be, um, to integrate those kinds of experiences and honor them doesn't always mean that like you stay in a place and in thought patterns and in energies that feel like they kind of detract or destroy that life energy, <laughs> you know? Um, and I feel like that's part of what we get to learn in this human thing is how to like meet those moments with that soul energy with that life-giving energy and surrender to what they have to teach us because I really feel like they are the gifts that that's where we are gifted on um, the things that we're really asking for in our life yeah and the, the contrast in life is really important like can you imagine a painting that's just one color and it's got no light in it it's got no dark in it it's got no no variation it's got no other colors it's like that's not really a painting mm -hmm. um so a life that is just all sweetness and joy and doesn't have anything else becomes meaningless in the end it is the contrast and the stories we tell and the experiments we're doing in a way we're constantly experimenting with our life to see what kind of a human being can i be and we have this incredible capacity to change it so anyone who talks like me or you has been through a lot of struggle that's for sure yeah and yeah. um I, I would say what i've experienced is is that as i've grown my capacity i've grown my capacity also for problems I now have to solve much bigger problems than I had to 10 years ago or five years ago so I can struggle with very big problems now I have a confidence in a way because of experience that I will make my way through it but I can be in a problem and have absolutely no idea what to do with it at the moment and those are the moments when we tend to get confused or afraid or whatever so we we can be feeling challenged is part of life life just doesn't seem to be one of those experiences that's for us just to kind of it's not ease and grace all the time people love to use that expression but it there are times of ease and grace and it's wonderful but they're not all of them um but what i have found is that it's simply by growing our capacity to manage those difficult situations we learn the skills and the techniques and the approaches the other thing is that every situation i've met in my life has taken me to a new place i have never 
repeated something because I didn't learn the lesson the time before. I have never been beaten about by life. If I really look honestly, I can say that every single situation I've met, even if it feels like, oh, I'm going round and round in circles with the same problem, is always taking me to the next step of my life. And I'm profoundly grateful for that and for noticing that because it makes me able to just show up for the challenges as well as to show up for the successes and the achievements. A hundred percent. My mantra always is that the universe is supporting me in every single moment to get towards what I want. If I can just tune into how is this trying to support me? How is this trying to teach me? Right. And, and do all of that. Um, okay. For everybody who is wanting to learn a little bit more about the energy of money, everybody who is really trying to expand your capacity to move through, you know, maybe difficulties or complications with money. I cannot recommend this book. Love money. Money loves you enough because really, I think at the end of the day, we have everything we need to navigate these things. It's just about learning a system we've never learned. It's about learning ideas we've never, we've never heard of before, right? Like how would we know how to do something if we never learned it? And our girl, Sarah here, she channeled through all of the information that we might need to know to be able to do that. So of course you've struggled with money. You've not learned a new way to be in it. Like you've not learned the new system, the new economy, the new paradigm that Sarah talks about and how we're really shifting towards how we interact with money. So I really recommend that everybody go check out this book. And Sarah, I would love for you to tell us the other ways that people can get connected with you or maybe other things that you're offering right now, whatever you'd like to share about the work that you're doing that our listeners might want, might want to look into. Well, um, the simple way to get connected is on my website, which is my name, sarahmccrum.com. If you sign up for anything there, you'll tend to know what, what's going on. The way I, I'll just say very briefly how I teach about this stuff now, just I think it's useful to have an orientation. I actually encourage people to start with the program that I run, which is called Wellbeing, the source code, which is actually tapping into that deep well-being and enjoyment and our inner wealth. And then from there, we run a program called Wealth Streams, which we start to play with those currencies, money, time, relationships and wisdom which I think are fundamentals for any business it all kind of fits together let's get that enjoyment and feeling good in place first of all because it's become so clear just in this discussion how central it is and money starts to change immediately when you do that as well and then let's get more specific about our relationship with money and then of course you have to deal with time because otherwise you quickly find yourself running out of time. And then if you want money, you have to manage relationships because money always comes from somebody else. And to do all of that with wisdom, that to me is what makes it worthwhile and enables you to align with your values. And that's what gives you the enjoyment. And then we've kind of got this loop and then we're in a good place. Mm, I love that. Okay, so I will put... Um, the link to your website in the show notes so people can go to your website, they can see the courses that, that you have and get connected with you. And I just wanted to say again, and I mean this so genuinely, thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy, not only in this conversation, but also what you contributed to the world through this book. It has made such a profound impact on my life, on my quality of life, on the way that I am in any given moment and has already started to improve 
like the, the monetary aspects of my life so much. So I just have so, so much gratitude for you. And I feel so grateful that I was able to connect with you today. Well, I'd like to thank you for your really open sharing also of your experience with it. That to me is how we get the message out to people that it really is possible to have a different kind of relationship with money. And we don't have to live in a world that runs the way it does at the moment. If enough of us do that, we will influence the economy itself. The economy is made up of people making decisions about money and that's you and me. So I'm really grateful that you've put so much energy, not only into this for your own life, but actually sharing it with other people as well, because this is, this is what makes the whole thing sing. That's what it makes everything work. Absolutely. That's, that's my favorite thing to do. That's why I totally started the podcast in the first place. So on that note, thank you everybody for listening and tune in next week for more breakthroughs. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode and for tuning in to Breakthroughs with Brie. Please share your favorite episodes with your friends and loved ones, and please like, subscribe, and rate the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it, as it helps me continue to create these episodes to help support your breakthroughs. I would love to stay connected with you, so please follow me on social media at Healing with Brie. Please check out my website at healingwithbrie.net, which will always have the most up-to-date information about the services that I'm currently offering. And please consider using the link in the show descriptions to subscribe to my email list so you can be the first to hear about any offerings and get all of the free resources that I offer, as well as get my weekly channeled messages. My deepest love and gratitude to you, and I can't wait to have more breakthroughs with you next week.